Hey, what's up, you guys? You are listening to the She's Going Places podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and this is the official start to season two. Y'all, I cannot believe we are here. I am so excited to just launch and to get back into the swing of things. I have missed you guys. I've missed producing these episodes. I've missed recording. I will say it's a bit weird recording by myself. This is the first time ever. (laughs) It's definitely a learning curve, but I'm so excited to be able to get to do it with you guys. Season two is going to be a blast, and that's really the the only thing I have to say. So you guys are going to have to stay tuned. Okay, listen, this is what we got on deck for season two. And I have to give you guys a teaser because I know you've been waiting so patiently for me to make some announcements about this. But everything's new. And that's a little stressful for some of you who like your routine. For me, it's amazing. Enneagram 3 in the house, clean slate, new to-do list, new things on the agenda. Here we go. Okay, so season two is going to be filled with some incredible guests. You guys are going to be so excited. And obviously today is no exception, but I will get into that in a second. So the guests are next level. I cannot believe any of them even agreed to come talk to me. And I am just so honored and so humbled to just be a part of telling their story. Um, The solo episodes are going to be a learning curve. Honestly, it's going to be a mix of just me authentically rambling to you about what's going on in my life, me giving advice, which is something that I always like to do in real life or on the podcast. It's just, (laughs) it's all consistent. Um, I'm going to bring some of my friends on and you're going to get to know so much more about like me behind the scenes, not just recording this podcast. And, and honestly, I don't know. I, I'm just really excited to see where the season goes and to see what you guys want and to hear back from you guys and see and figure it out. We're all just figuring it out together. You know, I'm not used to the solo host situation. Um, I'm used to having Ken's here, but I'm super excited to be doing this for y'all and to do this by myself. I think it's going to be great, right? It's going to be great. If you guys think it's going to be great, this is a perfect segue. You need to subscribe, right? We normally plug this at the end of episodes, but you know, new season, new formatting. Go down really quick. I'll give you guys a second to go hit that subscribe button. Did you hit it? Okay, great. I'm so glad because you do not want to miss one of these episodes for this season. I literally have the entire season planned. God willing, something does not change. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But the season's going to be epic, so you don't want to miss a single episode. Uh, make sure to go follow us on Instagram. We are at She's Going Places Podcast on Instagram, where you can get latest updates, some really fun content. Uh, hello, it's gonna be precious. So go on over there. You guys can see all of the new updates over there, and that's definitely a social media platform you don't want to miss. And then one last thing, please, please, please go and give us a review. I cannot express to you how important it is for this podcast to get reviews because the more reviews we get, the more Apple Podcasts promotes the podcast and then the more people who get to listen. Okay? Don't you want more people to listen? I know. I want more people to listen. So make sure to go do all those three things before we jump into this episode. Okay. I can't contain my excitement. I need to introduce our guest. Tori Masters is an angel. Really, those are the only words I have, but to give you a more in-depth description, Tori Masters is a Florida girl just like me who actually just moved to Florida and is building a house with her husband, Chad. She is an FSU grad, former Miss Florida, and a YouTuber who has taken her ministry onto social media. She's not your typical influencer as God has placed a deeper calling on her life to be a different type of influencer. She has inspired tens of thousands of people on her ministry journey. It is my pleasure to welcome Tori Masters, the She's Going Places podcast. Okay. Do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, I want to introduce myself. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Oh, this is so sweet. Thank you for having me on. This is exciting. I am Tori. For those of you who don't know, uh, my husband and I just moved from LA to Lakeland. We're building our dream home currently. And uh, yeah, we're so excited. I'm excited uh, to be on. We are so excited to have you. And your life is crazy right now. You are moving. You just moved to Florida. You're building a house and you just launched your website literally yesterday. 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 That was fun. Yesterday was a good day. (laughs) 
what are you like most excited about with like all these new like I feel like everything right now going on is just completely new everything has been very very new and also like old in the same way so Chad and I are both from Florida so LA felt like this unknown land and then moving back to Florida it's like such a new season but there's also like I mean, I grew up here, so it's like old familiarities that I'm like, oh, I remember the humidity and there's family and old friends. And so it's like the mix of the old and the new that's really fun. And then also just like Chad and I creating this life together and being partners and getting to dream up this home. But it definitely has been, especially the past like two weeks, have been really hard. We've like run into a lot of roadblocks, but seeing God like open doors and honestly like make a way where we thought there was no way and so it's just been fun to kind of see God show up in all of it um while also you know building something together if that makes sense absolutely I can't imagine like as a college student just hearing about like every stage of life is super exciting Mm -hmm. and I feel like we're so quick to like want the next one so I'm like being present having so much fun being in college but definitely sure that stage of life sounds so exciting. So one big thing that we wanted to start off with and why we really wanted to do the interviews, we noticed there was a little bit of a gap with your online presence where you don't really talk about what it looks like to be like the behind the scenes a little bit of what you're doing in pursuing an online ministry. Like you always say that like your ministry is social media, but what does that actually look like for you tangibly? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, it, It honestly is kind of funny because I've, I used to say I have a business mind and a ministry heart. So no matter what I pursue, there's always going to be a ministry underlining whatever that is. And so for Chad and I, I think the ministry inside of social media for us is when we're preparing anything online, whether it be YouTube or Instagram or future ventures, it's always going to be to glorify God in all we do. And so whether that's a business venture, it's going to be to glorify God or whether that's speaking on um, just any type of topic, we always want to point it back to Jesus. And so especially when like first starting the YouTube channel, I realized that there was a need just kind of how you've noticed and started a podcast because you felt like there was a gap and there was a need I was feeling like there were so many young girls asking me questions in my Instagram DMs, and I was spending hours of my day just responding and trying to connect, and I noticed that there were so many similar questions, a lot about relationships or furthering your faith, and Chad really encouraged me. He was like, babe, you should just make some videos of broader topics, and then when people ask you, you can send them a video of kind of all of your advice on that particular topic. And I was like, I don't know, YouTube sounds intimidating, like, I don't know how to edit videos, I don't know how to do any of that, that's just not my space, babe, I don't think it's my space. And so then as soon as I prayed about it, God was like, is it going to bring me glory, and are you going to reach, you know, my people? And I was like, yes, and he was like, thank you, go for it, and I'm like, okay. And I remember showing up, I remember when we first hit 400 subscribers, and I was like, oh oh my goodness, like this is amazing. This is like my own small little church and I'm going to show up for them every week. And that is precious. It just was so my heart. I was like these 400 people, like I want to steward them like they're 4,000 and like speak into them. And it really was like my little baby, you know? And so when people would get excited about new videos, I was honestly like shocked. I was like, I didn't even know this was going to turn into anything. And now to see how much it's grown in just a little over a year. I mean, that's just all God. Wow. That is so fun to hear, like, just the behind the scenes of, I cannot believe that you did not think YouTube was your space. Because I you watch those videos, and you guys are awesome. Aww, and, like, so great you. with the camera. That's so funny. <laughs> um, that's just a little behind the scenes for you guys. But yeah. a big part of social media is, like, this idea of growing a personal brand and everyone's like brand Mm -hmm. yourself you are like what you're selling essentially yeah and what has that been like because that's pretty like a little bit of a selfish mindset like it's all about you and like your personal brand and being like okay I'm Tori Masters like what do I have to offer Instagram what has that been like when your your worth isn't found in social media and your worth and identity is found in Christ how difficult has that been 
Oh, girl, as a three, it can be so hard yeah. <laughs> for Enneagram people out there. Right. Um, just like that achiever in me can definitely have my days where I have to it, – it's kind of like I have to remember that it's not about the numbers, it's about people. And it's not that I don't struggle with that sometimes. And so mm-hmm. I think what helps me a lot is like putting a face – to the person, you know, and being like, okay. wow, envisioning this whole room. But when it comes to personal branding, I, I guess I never really even allowed myself to go there. I was just like, I'm just going to show up as me, you know, and this is me. This is who I am. Um, I think what I had to kind of get away from in the beginning was because I was Miss Florida in 2014, I felt like I had this like pageant girl brand and I just wanted to be Tori. Like I didn't want to okay. be the pageant girl. I wanted to just be like, Hey, this is me. Here's my flaws. I'm not putting on this perfect facade that everything is great all the time. And let me show you how God shows up in my weakness. And so I guess I never really thought about it as like a quote unquote brand. I was like, I'm just going to show up every single day and speak into these girls, things that I wish I would have known back when I was in college. Cause I feel right. like college was probably one of the toughest seasons of my life Mm -hmm. and where I was the most distant from God spiritually. And so I wish that I would have had a podcast like this or mentors Mm -hmm. during that time. And, but you know, God uses it all. Which is what I love so much about you because as I've just like gotten to like follow you on social media and like slowly get to know you also shameless plug Tori is so good with her Instagram DMs. Like, she is so on it. Like, you slide into her DMs. Like, she is one of the best responders (laughs) ever. So you have to take credit. No, because it's it's hard when you have that many people messaging you, like, staying on top of that. Like, that is something that you intentionally do. Oh, yeah. And I I don't (laughs) think people realize that. Like, there's, like, of course she would respond. No. When it's flooding in, you have to be checking constantly. So... Yeah. You're Thank a you rock for, star for that. Oh my that gosh, I can lot. acknowledge that. I feel like we get a ton of DMs and I can't imagine how many you get. Oh, well, I'm grateful for everyone. You know, I think it's it's really easy as a quote unquote influencer, which is like a weird term, especially when you move to a town that doesn't really know <laughs> like the <Lynn> space. Florida. <laughs> They're like, what's an influencer? And I'm like, oh, I'm not in LA, in LA. anymore. You know, um, I remember the guy who's actually building our house. He looked at us and he's like, so... um where does the money come from? And we had to like explain, explain to him what influencing actually is and what it means and what we do. And it's, it's just such a funny, um, yeah. quote unquote career. Um, wait, I kind of lost my train of thought. What was I even You're, saying? <laughs> we were just talking about you answering DMs. <laughs> yes, it definitely. And that's why out of my DMs is kind of what birthed YouTube, you right. know? And so hearing all these questions, I mean, it genuinely is so important to me to be connecting with the people who follow us, not only to like, just show them how grateful we are to have them, because if we didn't have our followers, we wouldn't have our jobs. And so right. we're so grateful for everyone who's like along the journey with us. Um, but it's definitely like a couple hours a day. Um, and so I just kind of work that into like, oh, this is my my work hours. This is my job mm-hmm. is to like connect and love on you know, these girls who, you know, follow along. I love it. Did you ever see yourself being an influencer? Like when this all started and when you started gaining a follow, like where did the transition go for like, oh my gosh, like now <laughs> this is my job? Well, keep and in what mind, was that like? when I was in college, being an influencer wasn't a thing. Like that wasn't something that you did to make money. And so I never even had an inkling that this could be a career path. I mean, I wasn't even like making money being a quote unquote influencer until Chad and I got married. And that was only a year and a half ago, less than two years ago. And so we're still so new into the space. I mean, I remember moving out to LA and um, kind of realizing the so many people in LA, that's what they do as a career. And I, my eyes were definitely wide open to it. I used to be a a social media manager. So I've managed social medias for different like businesses and stuff. And so I realized that I had a love for like the creative side of it. And I worked for a women's nonprofit. And so I got to kind of bring faith into it, which I loved and like event planning and different things like that. And so it wasn't until probably just that about a year ago that I fully stepped out of that business of having my own business, managing other people's social medias to saying, oh, I actually need to 
invest this time in what we're doing and grow this so that it can really, I don't know, benefit our family in the future. No one talks about like where the transition happens, especially because like you went to college, you graduated college, like this was never an expectation you had and it kind of just took on a life of its own. Your girl had a corporate job for a while. A corporate job. Oh, did you really? I did for about a year. I cannot picture you at a corporate job. Nope. Your girl was uh, a little depressed. Not gonna (gasps) lie. Yes. I... Yeah, that was probably a rough season, and I attribute that to not having enough discernment, and mm-hmm. I remember right out of college, there's so much pressure to take a job and just, like, have an offer and take it and do the big girl thing and make sure you're not dependent mm-hmm. on your parents and all the things, right? And there's so much pressure, and so I I took a job that I thought was going to be one thing, and it ended up being a completely different thing, and then... Yeah, I I realized I was working remotely, but I was working as kind of like an in-between of hospital and a rehab facility, but my job was kind of dependent on how many people I got into rehab, and it was just like, I think it was too heavy for me. Like, I'm not Mm -hmm. scared to go into the darkness, but when I can't shine the light of Jesus, it's really hard for me to be like, oh, you just don't have enough money to like, you know, do this. And it was hard on me to be like, and now I can't even tell you about Jesus. And I like felt kind of trapped. And so um, I did, I I think I slipped into, you would never know because I'm such a happy personality, but I kind of realized, oh, I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. And I like dread doing what I do every day. And okay, wow, maybe this is like kind of what being depressed looks like, you know? And so I had some serious talks with some mentors and some God moved some mountains and the transition happened, but I I didn't even really realize like where I had gone mentally until I was out of it, if that makes sense. But that's like the best part of just as you get older, the hindsight of like seeing how, and you are told in the moment, you're like, God is working this like exactly how it's supposed to be. And you're just like, yeah, okay. But then looking back, and I mean, I'm sure you would say, like, the ministry that you and Chad have online would have never happened if that corporate job didn't happen and you didn't figure out that that wasn't for you. Right. And so I look back, I mean, obviously I'm younger than you, but I look back on things that happened to me in, like, middle school, and I'm like, I'm so grateful for that because that taught me friendship standards and that taught me how to love the Lord correctly. It's just the Lord's so awesome and, like, how he uses situations that seem so hard. Yeah, just he uses it all for good, all for good, girl. I mean, like, even when you're talking about relationships and how devastating heartbreak can be, you can look back and be like, wow, I actually learned so much about what I don't want before saying I do to someone forever. You know, there's so many moments where I remember being, I mean, I, I dated a guy for a long time and then I had some other, like, family stuff happen. I remember it was one of the worst weeks of my life. I was in college And it was a Friday night and all my friends were doing stuff. And I instead was in the bathtub in the fetal position, just like bawling my eyes out and devastated, heartbroken and desperate for God to kind of show up and like fill that void of um, the, the man in my life, the love of my life, you know, all of those things. And I remember so tangibly him wrapping his arms around me and me feeling like he's got me. And it was in that like worst moment that I experienced God in the best way and was forever changed by that moment. And so I look back and it's like, okay, the worst moment ever was also the most beautiful moment ever. And how cool is God for, you know, meeting us in those places of desperation? Okay, so you had just mentioned relationships, which is something I did want to talk about later. And you have the ultimate guide to relationships all over your social media. Like, truly. (laughs) I wish. I was literally thinking that this morning when I was just kind of going over stuff. I was like, I wish when I was in middle school you existed on social media. Because it's just someone's finally painting what a healthy relationship should look like. Because no one talks about that. And we've talked about that on the podcast where it's – traditional media paints one thing about what a relationship should look like and it gave me I felt like there was something wrong with me that that's not Mm -hmm. what I wanted did you ever experience this like disconnect when you were younger (laughs) well I had my fair share of toxic relationships Mm -hmm. um one 
you know, and I don't want to discredit them completely. This is not like bash Tori's exes or anything like that. <laughs> I also was not in a healthy place and spiritually immature, you know, and so I was looking for love in all the wrong places. And um, I think I had to go through heartache and go through learning, you know, what wasn't right and what wasn't God's best for me and how I didn't want to be treated to then value myself enough to be like, this is the standard and nothing below this is going to work, you know? And so, I mean, I remember, you know, walking into a relationship with Chad, just thinking that I was going to have to draw those boundaries. And he already surpassed all of them in terms of like treating me the way I was like, I'm going to walk into the next relationship and be like, this is how it's going to be. And like nothing else. And like, he not only did that, but did exceedingly more than I would have ever you know, laid out there on the table. And so it is funny. I I do think I really needed a season of singleness in between um, one relationship I was in before walking into my relationship with Chad, because I think it's really, really important that we look at relationships similar to how a relationship with God would be. And the person that you're with should reflect God's love and how God would love you. And if it's not something that you feel like you've ever experienced in God, then I don't think it's like, I don't think you're ready to walk into a healthy relationship. And so I think it's really important to be like in relationship with the father first before you walk into, because then you're going to have all these expectations for that person that should never be on them. And I've said it on YouTube so many times. I'm like, my Chad makes an amazing husband, amazing husband. What a really crappy God, you know? (laughs) And he's not, he's not God in my life and he can't be, on the throne of my heart. And, Mm -hmm. and it's like, he doesn't want to be, you know, like I wouldn't want to be on the throne of his heart or he's going to be very let down because I don't make a good God, you know? (laughs) And so I feel like the shift really happened in that year of singleness prior to like being in a relationship with Chad, when I had to realize who God was to me and that he's my source of joy and he's my source of contentment. Uh, Because life can get hard and relationships take work and all those things. And when we're expecting someone to be something that they were never meant to be for us, then I feel like that's when really toxic things start happening. Absolutely. Yeah. And I do feel like mainstream media almost glorifies toxic relationships. And I'm just not a fan. (laughs) And for me, like... I'm dating my first boyfriend ever like definitely don't have I know sweetness and I feel like I'm like oh my gosh I've literally learned so much in these past three years of being like wait this is my first relationship but this looks nothing like how tv shows painted but this has to be better than that like I see my friends do that and that never works so why is no one Mm -hmm. talking about this option yeah wait I want to know what do you feel like looks different than what you were expecting I remember when I was younger, I used to watch this TV show, Drake and Josh. Everyone knows Yes. Yeah. And Drake would always talk about, like, how he was just going to go on so many dates with so many people, and he was just going to, like, make out with whoever he wanted, and he did. And that, that was, like, cool. And mm-hmm. if you weren't doing that, you weren't cool. And I remember being, like, right. seven or eight years old, and I was like, oh, my gosh, when I'm a teenager, like, that's what I'm going to do, because that's cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't actively say that out loud, but I remember yeah. thinking, oh. Of course, mm-hmm. like I'm cool. I want to be cool, so that's what I yeah. have to do. And that's not what high school looked like for me. I was yeah. definitely nowhere, <laughs> even in the ballpark of relatively wanting to date around yeah. or casual date, really. And I remember feeling so stupid, and because all my friends were doing it, and I was just like, "This just doesn't feel right." Like I just know this is just going to end up hurting me more. Mm-hmm. But I was mad at myself for having that standard. Like I was so frustrated with myself. I'm like, "Just do it." Everyone else is doing it, and I think the difference in how mainstream media, like you said, they elevate toxicity and they yeah. make it seem like that's attractive, and like they make toxicity passion. Yeah. There has to be a chase. There has to be a game. And I was in not like serious relationships, but relationships with guys where it was all it was was a game. And then all of a sudden I started dating Hunter and it was just like, what is a game? Like I've never heard of that. This is how I feel. So I'm just going to say how I feel. And no, was I on the edge of my seat the entire time that we were dating, waiting for him to text me back? No. But that's because he respected me enough to not play with my heart. Right. 
we always say peace over passion, Mm -hmm. you know, because I do feel like passion can get so twisted. And I don't think passion is a bad thing. Passion's a great thing, especially inside of marriage. But I remember Chad and I having a conversation. I remember actually getting upset with him, which is so (laughs) funny looking back. I was visiting him in California and he was talking about, um, and he was trying to say something sweet. It was so sweet. Now looking back, I'm like, oh, that's so romantic. But in the moment, I only picked up on one word. You know how we do Mm -hmm. that? Um, and he was like, I just feel like I'm so grateful that when I think of our relationship, the one word that comes to mind is peace and not like passion. And I was like, wait, you don't feel passionate about me? And he's like, is that all you heard? And I was like, maybe. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And then when he started explaining, he's like, you know, I feel like people think passion is this crazy up and crazy downs and like this roller coaster of an emotion and you think it's over. So then when you get back together, it's like passionate and all the things. And he's like, wouldn't you rather have a relationship that's marked by peace? That's just like, when I think of you, when I love you, when all these things happen, it's like peace overwhelming, you know? And like what a, that, that, that means the Holy Spirit's involved, you know, that's a fruit of the spirit. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And I do right. think that we need to change the narrative because I, I mean, mm-hmm. I even feel like little TikTok videos or whatever, it's elevating this like, oh, we're bickering and it's like the naggy girlfriend mm-hmm. and like the either dumb boyfriend or right. the overbearing one or the one who doesn't care. And that's just not what a healthy relationship looks like. But I do think even in the Christian world, we can do a better job of not making Christian relationships look corny because they're not. They're amazing, right. you know. And so I think that we have a lot of work to do on, on both sides uh, to make the narrative a, a healthy one. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to ask you a selfish question because yes. a lot of – because this is just for me. Anyone else who's listening, <laughs> happy for you, but this is a Taylor Cordy question. <laughs> There's an area of relationships where you talk a lot about your season of singleness and talk about like starting to date someone and then you talk about marriage. What about the season where you're very seriously dating someone and you're prepping for marriage? Like what should that look like in a healthy way? Because I know something that to be authentic, like something I struggle with is like, okay, you're still just my boyfriend and you're not my husband. Right. But I want you to be my husband and you want me to be your wife and we want to get married but yes. now's not the time. How do we right. honor each other without right. a marriage covenant in a healthy way? Right. Oh, girl. Yeah. Chad and I, um, Chad and I want to do a whole video on this because we look back and I think the engagement period of our relationship was probably one of the hardest. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what everyone says. Yeah, because you're and like, no one, okay. yeah. Ugh, no one talks about that online. Yeah. <laughs> we have one video, I think, about engagement. Um, okay. I'll I'll send it to you. But I think the reason that it was hard is exactly what you said. Well, especially in engagement. I'm like, you're not just my boyfriend. I know you're going to be my husband, but we don't have the benefits of marriage. And we're like doing all, you know, like building our life together in our head, but there's not a ring on and we can't do things and like all, Mm -hmm. all the things. Right. Right. And, and it's like a very confusing season. Um, But especially in dating before even engagement, um, it can be, how do I put this? You have, actually, I'm going to ask you a different question. Okay. I'm going to ask you in what ways do you mean honoring? Cause are we talking like boundaries or are we talking building a life together or cause there, I feel like I can go in so many different, different directions. Oh, yeah. So I need and you to so like hone facets. me in. Yeah. I think everyone will talk about, everyone talks about the physical boundaries and that's yeah. just like, okay, like, you know, what you have to do. I mean, at least for me, like, yeah. we're like we got rock star. Maybe more on the emotional side of having to discern he's not supposed to be, like, leading me as my husband, even though I'm kind of expecting that. Like, where should those healthy emotional boundaries be? Perfect. Um, Yeah, Chad and I were even very careful to pray together before we were engaged. Mm -hmm. Um, We were – we'd been in other relationships where a spiritual binding together – leaves a huge hole and gap Mm -hmm. if anything doesn't work out. And because we both experienced that before, we're like, we don't want to bind each other. We don't want to bind together spiritually before we're ready. And then before Mm -hmm. there's a real commitment involved. And like you said, until there is a ring on your finger and you say, I do, he is not your leader. Mm -hmm. God is like, God is it. (laughs) He is it. He can run beside you and all the things. And 
You can um, encourage each other in your walk, but he should not be leading you. And that's why I do think it's important to, it's not that you can't pray together, of course not, or you can't pray over each other, but I would just be careful, um, especially in your spiritual walk, to not be too intertwined or connected because um, I do think that there's some boundaries that people don't talk about um, that are a little dangerous to cross before marriage spiritually. Absolutely. What was the hardest part, if you don't mind asking, about the engagement season? Well, planning a wedding is stressful, and we wanted to do it really quickly because I didn't really care about the the wedding. (laughs) I just wanted to, like, get down the aisle, say I do, and be Mm -hmm. married, you know, because the wedding is just one day, and the marriage is for the rest of your life. That's when all the good stuff happens. And so I think the hardest part was just the – when you're planning a wedding, you have expectations from both sides of the family and there's finances involved and our finances weren't together yet. And we were like, when mm-hmm. should we combine our finances as if we're like paying for things together for our wedding? And so there was also a lot of things that I think I had to get over in terms of a little bit of pride that I had to die to of like, okay, what am I bringing to the table? And what's he bringing to the table? And you know, it's just the table, you know, like we're together. It doesn't really matter. It's just all there and it's ours. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think just figuring out and rewiring your brain to be like, okay, it's not just me, it's us. And walking into something um, when families are involved and you're not quite family yet, it's kind of their family and you're like, oh, and then you become a family. There's just a lot of different things going through your mind that, um, you have to kind of work through with God and there is like a season of kind of dying to yourself to, to embrace being a partner with someone else. Cause until you're married, I mean, your life is selfish. Everything is about you and your desires and your dreams and your aspirations and all the things. And when you get married, you have to die to that selfishness. They, they only, I mean, Chad's only excelled all the things that have been in my heart. Um, but you do realize your selfishness walking into marriage. And you're like, but wait, this is what I want. Oh, but he wants that. Yeah. And I have to budge and I have to compromise. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> and so it's definitely just a season of um, sanctification in a way. But all for, yeah. all for the better. How do you discern, though, jumping into possibly, like, accepting an engagement. I don't know. Do people not accept yeah. them? I'm not sure. I don't know. But, like, walking into, like, him deciding to propose or you, like, praying about jumping from serious boyfriend to committing to him being your husband, because you aren't husband and wife and you guys can't do the marriage things to make sure you guys are good, what are, like, some key indicators to look for to be, like, on the right track? Like, for example, if I, like, the Bible very clearly says, like, wives supposed to submit to their husbands, which is a hot take that a lot of people don't particularly understand. That's like a whole other episode. But if I now as a girlfriend, like didn't respect him or I didn't like listen when he was giving me advice or I didn't like honor his wish, like those are red flags because you don't just wake up one day being ready to do that. So how can you like kind of prep yourself or see if the other person is prepping themselves? That's a good question. Um, Dating is so important. You know, I think dating is really important and you see certain things. I think with Chad and I, there was no question. Um, He kind of surprised me in so many different areas that Mm -hmm. I knew very quickly I wanted him to be my husband. And so there were months when I was like debating moving to California, moving my life for this guy. Right. And like, I didn't have a ring on my finger yet. And I was like, I don't want to move without a ring. And he was like, well, I want to date in the same city before we get engaged. And, um, it, it ended up having to be a God thing for me. And I moved in and met my best friend. And, um, but there definitely, there's definitely a lot of things that you can look for in that person. And I, and I had, I have to say this too, relationships aren't perfect and people aren't perfect. You know, we're messy, therefore relationships will be messy. And you have to just be willing to grow with each other. And um, I think those are more of the aspects you need to look for is if you have a conversation and then there's growth after, um, there's reconciliation after, um, and then you're looking for more of the fruits of the spirit in this person than like the perfection of their walk, if that makes sense. So I don't know if I answered your question. No, that's a no, that's a great answer. I just know 
for like me as a person who is walking in this weird in between the like no because no one I feel like a lot of people just don't know because then it's like well marriage is awesome and singleness is awesome and what happens in this middle part so that's a great answer okay um you're like perfect I'm like all right um one thing I was watching some of your YouTube videos and one quote that I pulled that I just really want to dive into is the purpose of marriage is not your happiness it's your holiness Mm-hmm. And I feel like some people from the outside would look at that and be like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. Like, all we talk about in life is being happy. Like, what makes me happy? I just want to be happy. Yeah. But a marriage isn't supposed to, like you always say, marriage isn't supposed to fill you, which yeah. also includes your emotions. So maybe yeah. dive into that a little bit more. Yeah. And I also think that there's a difference between happiness and joy. Because happiness is external, you know, so everything Mm -hmm. externally has to be going a certain way and therefore Mm -hmm. I feel happy. Anything goes Mm -hmm. wrong, I'm no longer happy. But when we're living with the Holy Spirit active in us, we can live from a place of joy and I feel like there is a difference there because now I'm not looking for my external sources. I'm not looking for like all of these things to go right and for this person to do the things that are going to make me happy because I'm living from joy. And so I'm living inside of the fruit of the spirit that is joy. And the reason I say marriage isn't supposed to make you happy, it's supposed to make you holy, is very similar to what I just said about you have to die to yourself in marriage. And so there's a sanctification process that goes into it. But when we're living living for God, sanctification is a good thing. And I think so much... So many times we look at like, oh, you have to die to yourself or, oh, sacrifice. And it's like, no, it's you, there's always more joy attached to sacrifice than getting something. It's like, what is that verse? Um, find it more joy to give than receive or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it's always, you always get more joy giving than receiving. And so I think we just live in a very selfish culture that's like me, 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 me. Let me get, 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 get. What can I get from you? And I think we go into relationships saying, what can I get from you versus what can I give to you? And how can I add to your life versus like, what are you adding to mine? To mine. Yeah. And so I think when we walk into relationships selfishly versus, (laughs) no, I I love this person. I want to make their life better. I want to bless them. I want to encourage them. I want to see them grow. Like, you're walking into a relationship with different eyes, eyes wide open to like what God wants to do versus like Mm -hmm. what you want to get. And I think that's why it's like when you're living that way, you're living more like Christ. And so the goal is holiness versus happiness is more like, what can I get? Yes. Perfect. Is there anything from, I mean, probably not, you guys are amazing, but is there anything from (laughs) your dating relationship that you wish you did differently? Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, Yes, girl. Um, (laughs) We definitely crossed some lines that we wish we hadn't of physically. Mm -hmm. We didn't have sex or anything like that, but there were definitely some areas that we like, we're like, huh, where's the line? And there's so much gray area in dating and I feel like in this Christian walk, people are more concerned with, like, how far can I get? Like, how close can I get to the line and still be saved? You know, like, versus running away from the line to glorify God. And um, I think because we were long distance and we were trying to figure out, like, where am I going to stay? Where are you going to stay? There was just certain times where, like, we had a sleepover or whatever, and we just wish we wouldn't have. Um, We wish Mm -hmm. we would have saved that till marriage. Um, Mm -hmm. Because that, those are some boundaries that we just wish we would have not crossed, you know? Like, I wish we hadn't have had sleepovers or I wish we hadn't have done that thing or or whatever um, because it really – there is a weight and there's a heaviness to mm. sin. And I think that sin is a topic no one likes to talk about because, like, right. that word in general feels judgy. Um mm-hmm. But we were dead in our sin, right? And now we are no longer a slave to sin. We're a slave to the Holy Spirit, which is an amazing thing. We, we have no shackles anymore. We're free from sin. So we don't have to go there. But when we do, there's a weight and there's a conviction. And, mm-hmm. and it's not guilt or it's not shame because shame is from the enemy. Um, but there is a healthy conviction to be like, dang, I could have 
done that differently. And I would in my spirit feel better now. You know, um, I remember I first moved out to LA and I didn't have a bed in my place yet. We were trying to like get everything settled. And I remember we had a sleepover and I was just like so upset that we did that. Cause like that was not our intention. And I was like, financial I was like but I need to get a bed and I don't have anywhere to sleep and all of these yeah. things were just like happening so fast because I didn't move out there with my furniture and um I remember getting on a flight I was going to speak at a college and I remember being up in the air and feeling the weight of just heaviness of everything and I remember writing like a poem almost like a very poetic thing in my phone I don't even know where it came from um just about the weight of sin and how um I felt like I was on this teeter-totter that I couldn't get off because I like didn't want to do things that I ended up doing I'm like I'm Paul I do the things that I hate you know and um and it just it wrecked me you know because I I knew that I was not like living out the gospel and like living out what God had done for me, like what Jesus died for me to save me from. I was doing those things and I just, I was upset with myself. And so I think that's why Chad and I have been like avoiding doing the boundaries and dating video because it's such a, it's such a touchy topic and a personal topic and it's so gray. And, um, but I do think if I could say just one thing, it's like, instead of pushing the line, run away from the line um, because you're always going to end up in a better mental space when you're not yeah. crossing those lines. Wow. Well, <laughs> what? Wow. Some of the things you said, A, very convicting. B, because everyone is so quick, it's so easy, black and white, like waiting for marriage. To everyone, like just like on Blank, well, it's like, okay, well, we didn't have sex. But there's so much yeah. more to that that I'm really happy that you unpacked because even I like looking to resources no one really has the right answer for what that should look like and no one really tells you like because everyone's always like where is the line okay if the line is sex but like should we back it up a little bit like where do we go and I remember navigating that as like a 17 year old and us like committing to date each other and it's like okay because that's like he asked me to be his girlfriend and I was like okay well it's time to talk about boundaries like what let's talk about it and he was like okay, like, let's sit yeah. down. And we're like, okay, what does this look like? And like, both yeah. of us said never. And we're like, I don't even know, like, I yeah. haven't even kissed you yet. Like, what are we right. doing? But even as someone, I have found myself, it's so easy to be like, I've dated this person for three years. So there's things that truly are compromises that we've made that it's easy for me to look back on and be like, well, we're not doing this. Right. And we're doing like, a hundred things right. So the three things that we're probably not doing great, that's okay. I find like it's so easy for me to default to that, but I'm so Mm -hmm. glad that you said that because it is a really good reminder. Like, no, like there is no, like if you are waiting for me, like there's a purity of heart, there's a purity of mind. There's like a level to purity that is so much more than just sex. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy to justify our sin. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's, it's innately in us. It's why like little kids when they're three lie about eating candy, but they have chocolate all over their mouth, yeah. you know, and, and we have that in us, right? Cause we have a sin nature. So we're bent towards mm-hmm. it. And so that's why it's, it's so hard. It's so hard to not want to go places because it right. feels good and it feels mm-hmm. like love and all of these things, but yeah. we're chasing a counterfeit love because mm-hmm. what we think is good outside of the context that God created it to be under only brings like when you cross the line, do you ever actually feel good afterwards? It feels good in right. the moment, but after you're like, you kind of feel why? icky mm-hmm. and you question yourself and you're like, oh, why did I do that? Right. And mm-hmm. in the moment you're like all about it. And then after you're like, mm-hmm. I don't feel good anymore. Why? Because we're wired that way when we like love Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit in us. Right. Cause it's not, it's not a sin against us. It's a sin against the spirit inside of us. Yeah. And so, I mean, I remember that's what I think drove me to that place of being so upset um, because I was like, I didn't do this to me. I did this to the Holy Spirit and I love the Holy Spirit. And so I'm just like, I don't want to hurt the Holy Spirit. And I was like so upset about it. And um, but that comes from, you know, years of, you know, I wasn't chat. Neither Chad or I were virgins when we got married. We waited mm-hmm. in our relationship, and there was lots of right. years in between. 
Um, but I had to go through like a lot of stuff, um, Mm -hmm. back in the day. And, um, I think that's why I'm so passionate about grace is because when you realize how far sin can take you and then you realize how much grace covers you, it's, it will bring you to your knees and be like, God loves me right now in this moment, even in your sin, he couldn't love you more. And so Chad and I, um, we've said this on our YouTube channel before, but it's like in those moments where you're feeling the conviction, the conviction is out of love. And in those moments, God has never loved you more. And I think it's really easy to look at God as like this big judgmental, angry God that just wants to like put you in time out, but that's not, he embraces you with grace and love, but he also says, go and sin no more, mm-hmm. you know? And so it, it's not a call for grace to cover and abuse the grace he's given and be like, oh, well there's grace to cover it. So I'm just going to like do whatever I want. Um, but sorry, I'm like so passionate about that. No, I literally do think that there's like such a culture that wants to abuse grace to be able to live a life that they want to live mm-hmm. and experience these things that they think it's going to bring them joy that actually is not. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> I love, well, and what's so f- crazy about it is I like look, it's, I mean, this is such a good lesson of like humility for me personally, but also just for anyone listening, like the world, like it's so quick for like me as a Christian and who's doing it the right way and I'm using air yeah. quotes but it's yeah. like okay well we're waiting for marriage and people are just like oh my gosh you're so different and like at the world that is a stark difference like that right. you're right that's right. true but that does not then excuse every other bit of sin that you have in your relationship right. like and there's and that goes emotionally physically spiritually yeah and I think it's so important that no one really talks about this like gap of like why you save yourself for marriage like it Everyone always complains about how the church preaches abstinence instead of explaining. Like, I remember seeing, I mean, people get so mad because I bring up TikTok in literally every episode. But I saw a TikTok where a girl was explaining, like, I wish someone had sat me down, like, 14-year-old me, and was like, you're not, I'm not keeping you from sex just to keep you from sex because you shouldn't do it. It's because no one told her that it creates this emotional tie to someone who isn't loving you properly in the boundaries of a marriage covenant. Right. And that's something I'm so passionate about that I just want people to understand, like, there's so much more to waiting for marriage instead of just, like, not doing something because, quote-unquote, the Bible says you shouldn't do something. Right. And I remember having a conversation with one of my girlfriends who is not a believer, and she she mentioned, she was like, I just feel like you have, like, handcuffs to, like, your mm-hmm. religion and your rules. And, like, you're kind of, like, a slave to your rules. And And for me, I'm like well, I'm in a relationship that I know that this guy would be with me if nothing physically ever, ever happened. happened. He would be with me and that to me feels like freedom. But if your relationship, if you stopped having sex with your boyfriend, would he stay? Yeah. And she didn't know. She was like, Mm -hmm. I I don't know if he would stay if we stopped having sex. And like, that's what slavery feels like. Yeah. That's, That's what... That's what a binding feels like. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I feel so free and so at peace in the relationship that I'm in because I know if anything ever happened to me and we could never be intimate again, our marriage wouldn't crumble. You know, it'd be sad, of course, but like our marriage wouldn't crumble because we have a firm foundation. But if a foundation is laid on physicality, that's not a foundation Mm -hmm. that's stable. And so um, I think that, like you said, it's just the narrative has to shift and we have to stop being like, no, don't, 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 and push more of like, why and the blessing and sex is awesome in marriage. Right. And it's like, I want people to to know that and be excited about it and not think that it's some um, thing that's like, God's like keeping them from fun. It's a protection measure. It is. A, and that's what's so important is I would tell people, and I have one of, I'm so happy in my relationship and I, like the Lord has just been so faithful and I can very easily tell people like, well, what would happen? Like, what, what would you do if you and Hannah broke up? I'm like, that would be so sad, but I would be okay. Yeah. And they're just like, how? Like you guys are getting married. And I'm like, well, well, no, because there's nothing, like, we have kept these boundaries so that, like, yeah. in and of ourselves, spiritually, emotionally, physically, like, we are still whole in and of ourselves. Yes. And we haven't given each other things 
yeah. that have, like, crossed lines that it's, like, I could never, like, picture myself with someone else. Do I want right. to be with someone else? No. Do I love hunting? Right. Yes. But yeah. we are not intertwined. And, like, right. that's why they say – that's why the it's Bible important. says don't have sex before marriage because then yeah. you start – you've given your heart to someone who's yeah. never meant to have it and isn't treating right. it with the respect that it, it should. Yeah. And this might sound blunt, but I remember Chad saying this one time, and it's it's so bad, so I'm going to preface this. Um, <laughs> keep in mind, we were not perfect walking into marriage, so just keep that in mind. But it is kind of a funny saying. Um, some people will be like, well, as an excuse to have sex before marriage, they'll, they'll say something like, well, I don't want to buy a car without test driving Test driving it, it. Right? And it's like, well, when do you ever buy a car with a bunch of miles on it? Or when you go Ooh. and... And when you go test drive the car, do you buy the one you test drove or do you buy the new one on the lot? And so Interesting. Like, oh, babies. <gasps> I never you're like, oh honey, what do you what? Honey. But that's true I mean, as hard as that sometimes is to hear, like there's two sides. Yeah. <sighs> like yeah. that's good. Look I'm at like, you, Chad. Okay. You're like, okay, Chad. I'm like, all right, babe. Mike dropped from the other room. It's <laughs> <laughs> not even here to defend himself. I love it. No. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you so much. for Honestly, like, I mean, this was not exactly what I was planning on talking about, but you are so awesome, and thank you for being so vulnerable about oh, these things. I, I know I've said this a hundred times, but I wish that there was someone that was talking about this when I was, like, shaping my views as, like, right. a high school student and, like, deciding what was a non-negotiable or what was a boundary for me. I yeah. wish that there was someone, like, that I could, like, look up to who's, like, has all the happy things. Like, she has, like, a wonderful life, loves, like, great social media, like, all these things that are, like, woo, awesome, but then also has this underlying, like, sense of value that just, like, adds to your life. Because... People, we have, we didn't like to talk about Instagram too, too much, but people follow people on Instagram and just makes them feel awful about themselves. Right. And it's like, I wish we were following more people and looking towards more people. And there's so much like, um, what's it called? There's so much meaning in a follow. Like it's much more deeper than like how social media puts it. But when you're following someone, you're like dedicated to what they're putting out there and it's just making you feel like garbage. Like that's not something that you should be putting in front of yourself. So you're just... A really great role model for people and yeah, I've really sweet. loved talking to you and I, everyone's gonna love this episode I just my know it. heart <laughs> you're so sweet thank you for having me on and um listening through my ramblings <laughs> oh of course I ramble they know they are no stranger to a ramble perfect we love I a love good it. ramble well, do you well, want to plug you yourself to tell people where they can find oh, you? Gosh, oh, gosh. No, you plug me. You do that. <laughs> okay. Well, obviously, we know this is Tori Masters, and she's so awesome. And you can find her on Instagram, Tori Masters. Your YouTube channel is Chad and Tori Masters. I think it's Tori and Chad. Tori. Oh, it's Tori and Chad Masters. <laughs> she's like, don't forget. Um, she they have a new website. That's yes. also Tori and Chad.com. Tori and Chad.com. Where else? Yeah. This is anywhere. Slide into the Instagram DMs. Instagram, YouTube, <laughs> our website. We just started yes. sending out like sweet little emails and everything so people can um, subscribe to that. When they're subscribed, they get kind of first dibs on different mm-hmm. things that are going on. So that's a fun little insider scoop. Inside scoop. Well, Inside thank scoop, you, Tori. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, that's the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe leave a review down below and go follow us on Instagram at she's going places podcast. I can't wait to talk to you guys next week.